Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Good morning, church. How many excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I know you think I drink Red Bull, but I just wake up like this, y'all. I'm so excited to be here, and when pastor asked me to minister the gospel this morning, first of all, that is such an incredible honor, and I honor my senior pastors, Pastor Randy and Pastor Suzanne Feldshaw, incredible leaders that we get to be under, and there is safety when you are under leadership. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. So I was thinking, okay, God, what do you want me to preach about? What, what should I preach about? Oh, I know I'm going to preach about J.L. Because I've been studying this, <laughs> this desperate housewife named J.L. in the Old Testament who killed a dude with his tent peg. Like, I was like, they ain't ready for that. I'll wait. I'll hold, I'll hold up on that one. Then I thought, okay, I'm going to preach about Psalm 150 because that one's been in my spirit lately. Because there's this one little text in Psalm 150 verse 2 that says, praise him according to his excellent greatness. And I was like, his? Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Don't praise him according to the way I feel. Don't praise him according to what things look like. Don't praise him according to my emotions or my body or my thoughts or my bank account or my baby or anything. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. That's how I should bring a praise. And I thought, well, I'm not even ready for that because I need to work on that one some more. So I'm not preaching on Psalm 150. But this morning, if you wouldn't mind going with me in your Bible, oh, before we do, before we do, one of my right-hand people, one of, my, one of the volunteers that makes the world go around here at One City Church, Robin Myers, her dad is here today. And so we just want to say, welcome. We're so glad you're with us. So glad. Your daughter is a blessing with a capital B. With a capital B. All right, church, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. While you're getting that, I don't know if the Lord's trying to tell me something. My, my iPad says, trying to connect. <laughs> Lord, connect us, Lord, connect us. Huh. Hallelujah. We're going to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. It's my custom to stand for the reading of the word, so if you wouldn't mind standing to honor the word of God just for a brief moment, we're going to read 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. After, and, excuse me, and after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hererite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop mm-hmm, where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistine. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. This morning I want to speak to you from the thought, he's here. He's here. He's here. Let's pray. Awesome God, in the matchless name of Jesus, we come to you this morning and we ask you to shed your light upon your word for it is the eternal living word of God planted in the forest of eternity. We can wrap our lives around that and anchor to it, Father. And so we thank you, Rock of Ages, that you are with us in this place, in your presence and in your, in your great name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated in the house of the Lord. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a, we got a little bit of a, a journey to go on this morning with this text. And there are many compound names of God. A few months ago, I preached on Jehovah, uh, my banner. I preached about Jehovah Nissi, my, the, the Lord, my banner. And I have this thing with the names of God because uh, he, he's so great 
And he's so big and he's so powerful. He has to reveal his nature to us a little bit at a time because we just, he's a whole lot of God for us to take. And we, if we, we, if we can't understand all of these things. And so I love how throughout scripture, we can see him reveal different parts of his attributes. Now he's God all by himself and beside him, there is no other. But the way he shows himself to us is through his attributes, a little bit over here and a little bit over here, because you can't take him all at once. So what I, I, I kind of like studying some of the compound names of God. And in Genesis 22 and verse 14, we see he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh-huh. And in Exodus 15, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer, for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we're healed. So he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. In Exodus 17, he is Jehovah Nissi. And I got to preach that one time. The Lord, my banner, his banner over me is love. Come on, his banner that he waves over me, it's love. In Judges chapter 6, we see him as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord God, my peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace in the middle of a storm. Peace in the midnight hour. Peace when trouble all around you is closing in. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. In Psalm 23 and verse 1, he is Jehovah Ra. I just like saying that. What makes me sound powerful to myself. I don't know about to you, but to me. Jehovah Ra. There's two A's in there, so I feel like I can roar. He's Jehovah Ra. And I love it because that one says, he's the Lord God, my shepherd. Uh Uh-huh. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He is the good shepherd. I want you to know, this isn't in my notes, but I just had it pop in my mind. When a shepherd will leave the 99 to go and rescue the one, we have this pretty picture of Jesus going and picking up that one. And have you ever been in church long enough to see that picture with the G- with Jesus and the, the sheep around his neck? Anybody ever see that? When you're a pastor, when you're a preacher, you get, people don't think you like regular presents. They just think you like Jesus type presents. And so all the kind of presents you get are like Jesus with the sheep around his neck. That's okay. We love it anyway. Well, I learned about that thing, about the good shepherd, about Jehovah Ra, is that when the sheep would go away, when a shepherd would go to retrieve them, the reason you see that sheep around the shepherd's neck is because the shepherd would break that sheep's leg because I love you, you belong over here, and I'm going to show you, you ain't, this ain't going to happen, you ain't going to leave like this again, okay? So if you've ever felt like you need to be picked up and put on the back of Jesus, just know it might be because he broke your legs. Don't get off too far, baby. We'll come for you, but we might break your legs because sometimes you got to learn today. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. In Jeremiah 23, he tells us that he is Jehovah Sidkenu. Say that three times fast. And I'm sure I'm not saying it right. But he is the Lord God, my righteousness. Oh, my righteousness was as filthy rags. My righteousness was as filthy rags, but because he has become the Lord God, my righteousness, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can walk boldly before the throne because I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. He is my righteousness. The Lord God, my righteousness. But the last compound name that I want to talk about today and the one we're going to spend some time on is the name of God that we find 
towards the end of the, uh, of the Old Testament, towards the end of the Torah, excuse me, the one that we find in Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 35, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God, Jehovah, the Lord God uh-huh, is present. That should have been enough for somebody to get up and run around this church. The Lord God is present. Yes, he is my healer. Yes, he is my peace. Yes, he is my shepherd. Yes, he is this and he is that. But let me tell you something. No matter where I go, no matter where I put my foot down, no matter where I find myself, whether it was a good decision or a bad, he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God, and he's present with me. I mean, we're just talking right now. I'm not even preaching. It is significant. Because no matter where you are, pull it back, Christy. He's present. He's here. He's here. In the hospital room, he's here. Those of you that are watching at home, he's here with you. He's there. He's here. He's where you are. In a classroom, he's here. In a boardroom, he's here. In a divorce court, he's here. Oh, we think God only goes to the pretty places. No, no, boo. If I make my bed in hell, there you're with me there too. If I'm in the bedroom, he's there. If I'm in a horrible situation, he's there. In the car accident, he's there. At the funeral home, he's there. Jehovah, the Lord God, is present. No matter what you're facing, he's there. I'm glad to know that he's there. And when you know that God himself, not a representative, not a copy, not not an automated service, not even a Zoom call, not his avatar, not any of those things. It's him, God, not even his likeness, but God himself is present. When you know that, you can stand. And I think some of us need to learn how to stand a little stronger. I think some of us need to learn how to stand even when your leg's shaking. I think some of us need to learn how to stand even when our knees get weak because Jehovah, the Lord God himself, is present. Stand no matter what you're dealing with. Stand no matter what you're facing. No matter what the trouble is, he's here. Look at your neighbor and say, he's here. You don't got to touch him, but you can tell him. 2 Samuel 23, verse 11 and 12, we find the Israelites in a situation. Anybody ever find themselves in a situation? I have. Sometimes I put myself in a situation, Elder. We find the Israelites in a situation. They're in a lentil field. And lentils, are, they're legumes. They're from the bean family. And so I'm like, what is the deal with this? Like why? So don't skip anything when you're reading the Bible, okay? Don't skip something like when it says they're in a lentil field, we just think it's a lentil field. But we need to know why. The, oh, God put the word lentil here. Let me check out this word because there's no um, extra words. All of the words mean something. So go find the word and find out why it's important that God didn't just say they were in a field. No, no, they were in a lentil field. And so these Israelites find themselves in a, in a lentil field, a legumes, beans. And so we see them here among the beans. And according to 2 Samuel, an enemy troop of Philistines show up. This just gets on my nerves. It's, it, just get, it just gets on my nerves that they're just doing what they're doing. The Israelites, they're on their land. They're tilling their land. They're taking care of their beans. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the Philistines just roll up like what? Anybody ever have that happen? You're just rolling through your life, doing what you're supposed to, praising God, coming to church, and the enemy just show up in your field. I'm the only one. 
I'm the only one that ever happened like that. So the enemy just shows up, Philistines show up, and the Bible says that all, this is so crazy, all of the Israelites fled. The, the Philistines roll in to the lentil field. We just out here, we're hoeing and digging, we're checking, we're doing our thing, our kids are playing, all whatever's happening out here in the field. And the Philistine roll in and everybody runs. They ran away. My daddy would say, they got the heck out of Dodge. That's what he would say. We all better get the heck out of Dodge. He would say, we lived in Kansas, so that's why he would say that. Anyway, if you don't know about like gun smoke and such, you don't know my daddy. So I'll catch you some Nick at night. Okay, so they said, they ran. They got out of the way. They stopped, dropped, and rolled out. They chucked deuces. They said goodbye. They threw everything down, and they ran away with their tail between their legs like a little scared child because the Philistines showed up in their field. All except one. When you read this account, you find out that one, one person stayed in that field. Is a man named Shama. Shama. And the Bible says that Shama, uh uh-huh, this is the word it used, Shama positioned himself in the field. Actually, it says he positioned himself in the middle of the field. He came out in the middle of the field. He said, all right, all right, all right, everybody, everybody, everybody left me. Uh Uh-huh. But I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Who is Shama? I had to ask this. And if you read in 2 Samuel 23, you'll find that Shama is listed as one of King David's top three mighty men. Somebody say mighty men. See, he was a mighty man. He's one of three named, listed mighty men. But everybody else ran that day. And I began to wonder, why did he stand? What would make him stand against a troop of Philistine? I believe that Shama took a look at that field, took a look at that field, took a look up at the enemy and said, oh, no, 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 not today. Not today. Everybody else cut and run. Everybody else dropped their stuff and fled. And Shama said, I'm going to position myself in the middle of the field and it's about to go down. And if I go down, I went down fighting. But you ain't coming for what's mine because this right here, this is mine. And there's a problem that we have in the church today that sometimes somebody, the enemy will roll up, not a person, but a spirit will come in and try to take what's yours and we just back up, cut and run. But somebody needs to get a shama spirit, position themselves in the middle of a field and say, not today. I may go down, but I will go down fighting. I'm sure that that land was the Israel's land. It was Israel's land. And I'm sure it didn't belong to the Philistine army. And I believe that he looked at that situation and said, this is mine. And come hell or high water, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. And he had to have known it could have cost him his life. But he said, it's worth it. This patch of beans this patch of beans is worth my life. He's an interesting character, Shama, so I kept looking at him. At some point, we have to put ourselves, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and square our shoulders and say, no, 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 this is mine. Not today, devil, this is mine. Not today, Satan, this is mine. So, see, Shama said, this is my land. So, so when sickness comes to attack our body, we have to say, no, 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 this is my healing. I put my foot down. I, I position myself in the middle of the field. And I say, we might fight. We're going to fight today. Because this is mine. 
after your child. No, no, no. That's my child. It's mine. It's my promise. Come after your marriage. Positioning yourself in the middle of the field. It's mine. It's heck yeah. That's, go ahead. That's a good preaching section over there. That's a good amen section. When the demons come to torment you and steal your peace, God said, my peace, he said this in the book, my peace, I leave with you. This, we get to say, you left me your peace. This is my peace. This is my peace. My peace in my mind. My peace in my heart. My peace in my home. My peace. Not today. I'm positioning myself in the middle of a field. Everybody else gone. Ain't nobody else around. Everybody else dropped their stuff and ran out the door. But you got to position yourself in the middle of a field and say, this is not yours. It's mine. Maybe it's just a bunch of beans to you. And beans don't mean much. Lesson that your beans. They may not mean much, let's say your beans. We can hear statistics all day long about young people, but let it be your young person. Beans may not mean much, let's say your beans. And he positioned himself. See, we have to say, it belongs to me, and I am willing to stand here and fight for it. I'm gonna fight for it. See, see, I know ladies, at least I know this about the ladies. I know this at least about my friend Anna. Anna and I, we get, when we get ready for church in the morning, we got our lips right, we got our shoes right, we try to get our hair right, but let somebody look halfway crazy at my little girl. Honey, it's gonna be crouching tiger, hidden dragon up in this piece. tries to steal her soul and when people try to stalk her or talk to her through a through an app or when somebody at school is trying to breathe down her neck or when the lie of hell comes against her life I got to position myself in the middle of a field and say oh not today this is mine it's mine See, see, we think, oh, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are, I think I would like to talk to, 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 to uh, the police officer, Mr. Um, uh, Damien Miller, because I think they're also called peacekeepers or peacemakers, because the last time I checked, a peacemaker is somebody who declares war against anything that would disturb the peace. So God didn't call you to be weak. He called you to be strong. He didn't call you to run away from a field. He called you to position yourself in the middle of the field so we don't keep backing up and backing up and losing ground. No, 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 no. This is mine. <laughs> we position ourselves in the middle of a field. I actually have crouching tiger, hidden dragon in my notes. Because in my notes, I was like, Now, if I did that in real life in my physical person, I would look like an idiot like just, I, just like I did. But you ain't never seen me in a prayer closet. And you ain't never seen me when hell comes raging up in my house. I have a whole different position, a whole different disposition. And the blingy earrings go away and the high heels come off. And I position myself in the middle of a field. <laughs> Whoo, in the face 
of the enemy invading what belonged to him, he stood. I am Shama. That's what he said. So how could this man, I'm like tripped out by this by now, because I'm reading the text. Like The Bible is crazy. Everybody leaves. Okay, just so you know, it, it, in history, a troop of Philistine would have been somewhere between 300 to 800 fighting men. And everybody leaves. Either this guy is crazy or there's a backstory here. So in the face of the enemy invading, he stood for what belonged to him. And so how could this guy stand against a troop? So I'm looking and, and I believe the reason that Shama could stand was because he had confidence. He had confidence. And for some of you, I, I guess Holy Spirit, I, I feel like Pastor Charmaine, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, <laughs> that's her line right there. And I feel like some of us feel like if we say we have confidence or we act with any kind of confidence, we feel like we're being too big or too, too proud or too whatever. This joker right here, he had to have some confidence. Three to 800 Philistines coming at him, he had to square his back like a T-rail. He had to have some confidence. Some of you need to get some confidence, some confidence in Christ Jesus, some confidence in the blood of the Lamb, some confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit, some confidence. He had confidence. Shammah, one of King David's mighty men, one of the top three elite listed by King David. Now listen, you didn't get to just sign up to be a mighty man. You didn't just go fill out the volunteer form. Hmm, mighty man. You can for, to be a greeter. I need greeters. So if you'd like to sign up to be a greeter, you can be a greeter today. But a, but a, but a mighty man, that wasn't on the list of application. You didn't get to sign up to be a mighty man. You didn't just get to be a mighty man. You had to have defeated something. Some of y'all think that if, if, if the enemy comes at you and if there's some kind of an attack that God is angry with you, I would submit to you that if you've never been through an attack, you can never be a mighty man. Because the only way you got to be in David's top three elite was that you had defeated something. You had killed something. Let's take David into consideration. Well, we'll talk about David in a minute. But he, took, he killed some things. <laughs> you have to have some victories under your belt. This is not an entry-level position. You see, confidence comes from experience. Confidence comes from experience. Shama had experienced victory. He knew what victory tasted like. He knew what victory smelled like. He knew what victory felt like. He had experience. He had experience. Your confidence is based on your experience. I don't know if anybody's hearing me today. My confidence that God will show up today is because he showed up yesterday. Some of us in here trying to believe God for a wedding cake don't have faith for a donut. You got to start somewhere, baby. You got to build your confidence. Confidence. Shama had experienced victory. He knew what it tasted like. This, oh, yeah, this is this, this opposition. This is just the pathway to victory for me. If you were called more than a conqueror, there would certainly be something to conquer. If you are called an overcomer, baby, there's going to be something to come over. Confidence. 
He knew what it smelled like. He knew what victory felt like. I don't know if any of them other Israelites did, but this joker knew he had some confidence. Oh, I've been in a tough spot before. I don't know if it was this tough, but I've been in a tough spot before. And every time I show up for a tough spot, Jehovah shows up with me. And so I got some confidence that if he did it over here, he's going to do it right here. And so everybody else might run away and everybody else might tuck tail and leave. But I'm going to position myself in the middle of a field. And if he shows up, hallelujah. And if he doesn't, I'll see you in a minute. Confidence. Your confidence is based on your experience. And once you've had enough victories in God, you begin to know, come on, you begin to know that if he did it for me then, he can do it for me now. Anybody ever been like that? If he did it over here, I know he can do it. If he worked on my behalf then, he can work on my behalf now. Hallelujah. If he provided for me then, he'll provide for me now. Hallelujah. Some of us go and look for somebody else to be the provider. And that's why we have no faith in God for the provision. And all the while, he's providing through somebody else, but he doesn't get the credit. And so you don't have any faith muscle in the fact that he is not just Jehovah Jireh, the provider. He is also the provision himself. More than enough. My God is more than enough. He will supply all my needs. He is the great emancipation. Y'all don't know nothing about no Gary Oliver, okay? Anyway, look him up. You might like him. That was not in my notes. Lord have mercy. Edit the tape. If you can... It's a different kind of confidence. It's a mature praise. See, see, a, 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 a young Christian, and we all have been young Christians, and all of us should be growing. Nobody ever arrives. But when you get a check in the mail, you're like, hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Je- hey. You're like, you go all out. Church is happening. But a mature Christian, somebody that has some confidence, sitting up in a bank talking about bankruptcy, they get a little bit of this. Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. And if the house goes, he's with me. And if the car goes, he's with me. Because he was with me over here, he'll be with me over here. And if he was with me on a good day, he's going to be with me in a bad one. And if he was with me on a mountain, he's going to walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not the time you tuck tail and run. That's the time you start to get some confidence in your experience with Jesus. And let me just say, I know that some of us are looking for our first win, and that's okay, because we've all been there. Most of us that have experienced some wins in some some trials, we would have never picked the trial. (laughs) Am I the only one that would have liked to opt it out of that? Can I clip out of this and just get the credit? No. What does pastor say? Cost what it costs, and it never. Come on, it costs what it costs, and it never goes on sale. It doesn't. You don't get to clip out. And I know some of us are looking for our first win, and some of us are young, young in life, young in the Lord. Maybe you don't have great victories just yet, but don't be discouraged because this message is for you too. The great thing about Shama is that he had an incredible leader in King David that he could watch and learn from. I can hear King David say, Mm. I killed the lion and I killed the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare to challenge the armies of the living God? 
That's the kind of leader that Shammah had been watching. See, he saw, he saw David say, I killed the lion. I got the scars to prove it. I killed the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare if there had been no lion, if there had been no bear, there would be no confidence to face a giant. And we think that the giant showed up to, to uh, intimidate Israel. I think the giant showed up to prove the king. Maybe the, maybe the situation showed up to bring forth the king in you. Maybe the battle was there to bring out the king in you. Because if there would have been no king, if there would have been no giant, there would have been no David showing up and knocking heads and slaying heads and picking up. The Bible's bloody. One of these days I had to make a coloring book that looks like what actually happened. <laughs> Parents be like, no. I tell Julia, you know, this wasn't really like this, this sanitary. It's really gross and bloody. Like this, like this moment. This is a bloody moment. This joker didn't walk out of there unscathed. The great thing about Shama is that he had that leader. And just like Shama, of course, we have King Jesus as our leader. But we also have a senior pastor as our leader who's killed a couple of lions and killed a couple of bears and faced a couple of giants. He's not an upstart. He's not an uptick. It's not his first day at camp. He didn't just go somewhere and stick a shingle out and start today. This man's got some victories. He's got some battles. So if you're new and if you don't have very many, uh, you're young in the Lord or you're young in your life, it's okay because we got a mighty good leader up in this house that knows when to bring the slingshot and when to bring the sword. Giant killer. One thing I noticed as I read my Bible is that there's always a battle and it gets on my nerves. It's not, it's, if it's not a Philistine, I'm like, I just want peace like a river. And I don't see that very much in them 66 books. One thing I did notice as I read my Bible is that there is always a battle. If it's not a Philistine army, it's a giant. If it's not a giant, it's a wall of Jericho. <laughs> if it's not a wall, it's infighting among people. Just keep looking straight ahead. Don't look at anybody, just straight ahead. It's infighting. It's people fighting about stupid stuff that doesn't matter, but it's distracting everybody because nobody can advance in the kingdom because everybody's fighting about dumb stuff that doesn't matter, hallelujah. I asked the Lord, why is there always a battle? Why does it seem that there's always opposition? And I feel like he said, because the more opposition you have, the more opportunity you have for a victory. I mean, that should make somebody happy. The more opposition you have, the more opportunity you have to win. And I know not everybody's built the same way, but this girl likes to get a win. I mean, if I'm writing a checklist and I don't get anything on my whole checklist done the whole day, I might write like, Call my mom and then call my mom. Hey, mama, how you doing? Okay, love you. Bye. Check. <laughs> Some got checked off the list today. I like to win. And when there's opposition, we can look at it like, oh, the devil. Oh. Or we can say, eh, I got another opportunity to get a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. We want to come down front, worship the Lord. I want to know what you do when you go back to your seat. I want to know what happens when your Sunday turns into Monday. That's what I want to know. Are you walking around the office being like, I want to see a victory? Come on, God, I want to see a victory because the battle belongs to you or are you typing it out on Facebook texting it up with a homegirl and talking bad about the situation then coming back down in here I want to see a victory no you don't 
Check yourself. I heard that before. Because the more opposition you have, the more opportunity you have to win. Confidence to stand with the enemy around you. Confidence. But still I ask myself, obviously he's got confidence. Obviously, I'm, in my mind, Shama has got scars on his scars that he can tell stories about the fights that he lived through. Scars for his scars. Pastor Charmaine told my sister something, and she doesn't know that my sister told me. My sister and my, her husband are going through something, and they said, they got to pass the test. They got to pass the test. And Pastor Charmaine said, it just takes a C minus or a D to pass. <laughs> Didn't say you had to get an A. <laughs> Let's just pass it. I got some scars. I bled some blood. I lost some things. I let some things go. But I'm still here in the middle of my bean patch. And I got a whole lot more knowledge and a whole lot more confidence. And I ain't letting nothing go. confidence to stand when the enemy's all around. But I still had to ask, why pick this battle? Anybody here ever, you got kids, you always heard like, pick your battles, right? Oh man, my daughter's 12. And when she was, she's always been a church girl. And so when she was little, oh, Ivy, you would love this. When she was little, she wore frilly dresses and ruffle socks and patent leather, Mary Janes, you know, she had big old bows. We didn't even live in Texas. We lived in Colorado, but she still had big bows because she's a church girl. All right, big old bows, big old dresses, cute coats, the whole nine yards, because I got to pick her clothes. But she's 12 and a half now, she's almost 13. And so she wants to wear jeans and a t-shirt. I'm a church girl, people! Jeans and a t-shirt, oh my gosh. And so we're having this ridiculous knocking of heads about jeans and a t-shirt coming to church. She wasn't complaining about coming to church. She just wanted to wear jeans and a t-shirt. So that was, a, that was a battle I decided not to pick. I hold veto power. I have veto power and I get to pick on, on Easter and Christmas and I hold veto power over anything else she says. But as long as the girl has on clothes and is coming up in the house of the Lord, that's a battle I'm not gonna pick, come on. So I get the whole pick your battles thing. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, why did you pick this battle? Why did you pick this battle? I understand that you're Shama. I understand that you have confidence based on experience, but why risk your life for a field of beans, for a field of lentils? Why this field? What makes this field so special? That what makes this field so valuable? And then I began to study about lentils. And what I learned is that in every one pod that you can see in the field, this is so good, y'all. God didn't leave nothing out. For every one pod of lentils you see in the field, when you crack that thing open, there are at least two seeds in each pod. There was double in that field, double what he could see, double for his generation, double for his children's generation. He was protecting the seed. He, you could only see a field of lentils, but every pod of lentils, there was at least two seeds. You got to stand in the middle of a field, position yourself, and protect the seed. I know y'all gonna go to lunch. You gotta go to pop it a roll up in there. Talk about why is she jumping around like that? I don't think you understand. When I read this, it explodes in my brain. When you, you look at, ah, double, double. What you're fighting for is not just what you're seeing. 
What you're fighting for is not just in what you're seeing today. There is more there than he could see. There was double in that field. There were, that field was ripe with lentils and all he could see were the pods. But really, there was double exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. Double in your life. Increase in your life. Increase in your Somebody needs to say double. Hallelujah. He was fighting for more than what he could see. The fourth reason Shama stood, and I'm closing, believe it or not. His name is Shama, and he knows from experience that God's with him. That's what he knows. God's with me. Sink or swim, win or fail, God's with me. And see, when we, when we put God, Jehovah, with Shama, Shama, Jehovah, Shama, Jehovah Shama, God himself is present. God himself is present. My God. Second Samuel, Shama positioned himself in a field. Now listen to this. I looked up the name Shama just alone, not Jehovah Shama, just Shama, just the dude, just the guy. Shama. I looked up his name, and his name actually translates in the original Hebrew to loss and desolation. This guy standing in the middle of a field of beans with an army all around him. And his name is Loss. And his name is Desolation. What can make a man named Loss, a man named Desolation, stand when everybody else ran away? How can he stand in a bean patch? He's standing there. The Bible records, the Bible records that Shama slew them all. He killed all of them. A man named Loss, a man named Desolation, had the wherewithal to position himself in the middle of a field. And he killed every last one of them. How in the world did that happen? See, I think what Shama knew that most of us don't grasp is that God has a way of taking your weakness and a way of taking your limitation and a way of taking your loss and your desolation. I don't think anybody's hearing me. God can take all your mess-ups, all your screw-ups, all the things you did wrong, everything that happened to you, everything that you did your own self, because most of the stuff we do to our own self. He can take all your loss, all your desolation. He said, you're the one I want to work with, because when your back's against the wall and you're on your third strike and you're out, God's like, now I got somebody I can do something with, because it's all these pretty people coming up in here acting like they don't got nothing going on in their life that God's like oh you so good you don't need me but give me somebody with a past let me talk to somebody with a history somebody that said without you I'm lost without you I'm desolate without you I can do nothing so I yield my life to you and watch Jehovah Woo! come upon your shama yes Hallelujah. my because when Jehovah gets on your shama, whoo, hmm, when Jehovah gets with shama, when God himself comes upon your loss and upon your desolation and upon your devastation, he fills that vacuum and that void. He fills the emptiness with his excellence. 
Uh, he fills your loss with his life. He fills the hole in your soul with his hope. He replaces the void with his victory. And even in the attack, and even in the battle, and even in the situation, God himself is here. Somebody needs to thank God today. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're worthy. Always making a way. A way where there seems to be no way. Always making a way for us. God, just show up in the bad times. God, just show up in the valleys. God, just show up when I'm hurting. God, just show up when I'm surrounded. God, just show up when I'm lost. God, just show up when I'm scared. God, you show up when I show up. myself in the middle of a field because I maybe have a lot of loss and there may be a lot of desolation but just about any moment now Jehovah's gonna show up and I'm gonna take whatever's in my hand and I'm gonna kill them all Every, every lie from the pit of hell, every generational curse, everything that's come to attack your children, everything that's come to attack your home, everything that's come to attack your body. I'm coming for you because beans don't mean much unless they're your beans and I'm going to stand in the middle of the field because you're here. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.